0: A FOCUS SUMMARY OF CHAPTERS 16 AND 17 OF PRIDE AND PREJUDICE The next day the Bennet sisters are accompanied by Mr. Collins to their aunts for dinner, where they are delighted to discover that Mr. Wickham has accepted their uncle's invitation. To Mrs. Phillips, Mr. Collins' comparison of her apartment to the breakfast parlor at Rosings seems a dubious compliment, until she is told at length about the extraordinary elegance of the home and its proprietor. Mrs. Phillips is an attentive audience for Mr. Collins, but his cousins only wait impatiently for the arrival of the gentlemen. When they do arrive, Elizabeth finds Mr. Wickham to be even more worthy of her admiration than she remembered. It is by Elizabeth that Mr. Wickham seats himself, and the two fall into conversation so agreeable that she thinks he might render even the most threadbare topic interesting. In the presence of Wickham, Mr. Collins sinks still further into insignificance, so he sits down with Mrs. Phillips to a game of whist. Mr. Wickham joins Lydia and Elizabeth at the other table, where the talkative Lydia is enough consumed with the game that Elizabeth and Wickham again have leisure to talk. Elizabeth longs to hear about his history with Mr. Darcy, but dares not mention the man. So she is relieved when Wickham raises the subject himself. He says that, surprising as it might be given the cold manner of their meeting, he has been connected with Darcy since infancy. When Elizabeth calls Darcy a very disagreeable man, Wickham says her opinion would, in general, astonish, since Darcy is spoken of by everyone in the most favorable terms. He believes they are so blinded by his fortune or frightened by his manners that they see him only as he chooses to be seen. When Wickham asks Elizabeth if she knows how long Darcy will be in the country, she expresses hope that his own plans will not be affected by his presence in the neighborhood. But he assures her that if Darcy wishes to avoid seeing him, it is he who must go. He says that the late Mr. Darcy was one of the best men that ever breathed, and that however terribly Darcy has mistreated him, he would forgive him anything rather than disgrace the memory of his father." The two begin to speak on more general topics. Wickham says that it was the prospect of constant society that induced him to come to Meryton, because his is a spirit that does not bear solitude. And that serves as a convenient segue back to the subject about which he clearly wishes to say more. He tells Elizabeth that he had been brought up for the Church, and would now be in possession of a valuable living if it were not for the interference of Darcy. A living had been bequeathed to him by the late Mr. Darcy, but Darcy defied his wishes and gave it to someone else. He can think of nothing he did to deserve Darcy's treatment, other than maybe express his opinion of Darcy too freely. When Elizabeth says that Darcy ought to be publicly disgraced, Wickham says that he will be some day, but loyalty to Darcy's father means it won't be by him. In Elizabeth's eyes, these sentiments make him more handsome than ever." When Elizabeth asks what could have been Darcy's motive for such cruelty, Wickham attributes it to jealousy over his father's affection. The idea of it prompts Elizabeth to declare that though she had never liked Darcy, she did not suspect him of being capable of such injustice and inhumanity. When Wickham elaborates that the late Mr. Darcy saw the promised living as a payment on a debt of gratitude owed to Wickham's father— Darcy's behavior seems to Elizabeth more abominable still. Elizabeth is astonished that even Darcy's pride did not make him more just to Wickham. Wickham agrees that Darcy's pride has connected him nearer with virtue than any other feeling he has. It is pride that has made him a devoted son and attentive brother. When Elizabeth asks about Miss Darcy, Wickham says she is fifteen or sixteen, highly accomplished, and living in London and, though it pains him to say it, also very, very proud. He says she was affectionate with him as a child, but that she is nothing to him now. After a pause, Elizabeth marvels over how the amiable Mr. Bingley can possibly be in a friendship with such a man. Wickham says he suspects that Darcy behaves differently, with those he regards as his equals in consequence. When the whist party breaks up, the players come to gather round the other table— when inquiries about his success force Mr. Collins to confess that he lost every point, he assures them with gravity that thanks to Lady Catherine de Bourgh he need not trouble himself over such trifling losses. Wickham then whispers to Elizabeth that Lady Catherine is the sister of Lady Anne Darcy, and therefore Darcy's aunt, and he adds that they have plans to merge their estates with the union of Darcy and Miss de Bourgh the thought of all Miss Bingley's vain attentions to Darcy makes Elizabeth smile. Elizabeth tells him that though Mr. Collins speaks highly of Lady Catherine, she suspects her of being an arrogant, conceited woman. Wickham confirms that she is both, in a great degree. Her reputation for cleverness, he says, arises only from her rank, her fortune, her authoritative manner, and her nephew's pride. At supper, the other ladies have an opportunity to share in Mr. Wickham's attentions, and his manners recommend him to everybody. On the way home, while Lydia talks incessantly about lottery tickets, and Mr. Collins about countless other topics, Elizabeth can think of nothing but Mr. Wickham and what he told her. When Elizabeth relates to Jane the next day what passed between Wickham and herself— Jane can bring herself neither to doubt Mr. Darcy's worthiness, nor to question Wickham's veracity. She decides instead to think well of them both, and attribute their dispute to mistake or accident. When she suggests that interested people have misrepresented them to each other, Lizzie asks teasingly how they are to defend those people, since if they don't, they will be forced to think ill of someone." Jane says Lizzie can laugh as much as she chooses, but nothing will convince her that Darcy would be capable of such cruelty. Elizabeth says she can more easily believe it than she can that Wickham would invent such an elaborate story. Jane calls it all distressing, and says one does not know what to think, but Elizabeth protests that one knows exactly what to think. Jane can only be certain that if it is true, Mr. Bingley will suffer much when it is made public. At that moment, Mr. Bingley and his sisters arrive to invite the Bennetts to the long-awaited Netherfield Ball. The ladies express delight at seeing Jane again, pay little attention to the rest of the family, try especially to avoid Mrs. Bennet, and then quickly make their departure. Every female of the family has her own reason for finding the invitation agreeable. Mrs. Bennet is flattered by the compliment to Jane, particularly since it came straight from Bingley himself. Jane looks forward to a happy evening with her friends and their brother. Elizabeth hopes to dance with Wickham and see his story confirmed by Darcy's looks. For Catherine and Lydia, a ball is a ball, and Mary sees it as an opportunity to satisfy the claims of society. Elizabeth is left in such high spirits that she starts conversation with Mr. Collins, asking whether he plans to accept the invitation. He assures her that he sees no evil tendency in a ball given by and to respectable people, and that he does not dread a rebuke from Lady Catherine for dancing. Then he takes the opportunity to solicit her hand for the first two dances. Elizabeth is dismayed, first by the delay in her happiness with Wickham, to whom she planned to give those very dances, and second by the realization that his gallantry suggests she is the one among her sisters he intends to choose as a wife. His increasing civilities make her sure of it, and she can soon see that her mother thinks the prospect of their marrying a very agreeable idea. For the next several days, a succession of rain prevents the sisters from walking to Meryton. Kitty and Lydia are deprived of gossip, and Elizabeth of the chance to know Wickham better." and only the anticipation of a ball makes the days tolerable.